0: Planet Earth, Michael Litton, the last DJ, host of Ride the Vibe, broadcasting from the wicked awesome DRS ATL studio right here in Roswell, Georgia. The master of the sound, Wahid Gomes on the technology, also the consummate host of the show, owner of the studio, and it wouldn't be a Ride the Vibe without Waheed. I just can't uh, thank him enough for his hospitality. So y'all, Show them some love, and, and if you uh, have an opportunity, uh, do some business with DRSATL, and they can do stuff remotely, y'all, so uh, you don't have to be in Roswell, Georgia. I am totally fired up to have on the show today, Trev Turley, seismic bass and songcraft, plus a knack for the right place, right time that rivals Ronnie Wood in a run of great blues, British blues, driving them onward and upward. He's put his thumbprint firmly onto the scene. Been a pleasure. And that's a quote from Henry Yates, freelance music journalist, classic rock, The Guardian, and NHE. Trev, welcome to Ride the Vibe.
1: Good afternoon. Was it good morning or good middle <laughs> of the
0: day? <laughs> Trev is coming to us from England, five hours ahead here uh, of our time in, in Roswell. Yeah.
2: That's no,
0: just great to be here. Man. Well, it's, it's great to have you on the show. And this is going to be uh, real special. This is a cherish ever uh, feature, and we're going to talk about that. But, Trev, for uh, your fans that I know are legion over uh, that you've b- built up over the years, the way we roll ride the vibe, for those that may not be familiar, is we like to encourage the listeners to sit back in the comfortable environment of their choosing. Getting close, although it's kind of chilly here today, but uh, getting close to rafting weather, so you can even be on a raft, listen to this podcast, and get a beverage of your choice. And we're going to play six songs off of uh, "Cherish Ever," this uh, legacy album by Trev. And we're not going to play the music in its entirety um, because we want you to to uh, listen to it on a website or um, you know somewhere where you can go to find it on with Trev's. Um, connections and technology. And in the studio, we are featuring Drinkmate, which is the carbonate anything beverage. So they will, a cool little startup company out of uh, Michigan, and they'll take any beverage you have and put some carbonation into it. So sparkle it up. So big shout out to those uh, Drinkmate folks. So if you're looking for something as an alternative to all that uh, carbonated crap from the supermarket, Get yourself a Drinkmate uh, unit and put it on your countertop and sparkle up anything. So, Trev, welcome. Talk about this labor of love, cherish ever.
1: Right. Well, um, 50 years ago, I picked up a bass guitar. Um, and 50 years later, um, I recorded this album or put this album together. Yeah. And it just kind of fell into place because i because I've been doing this for 50 years um, and I've started actually documenting little bits and pieces of what had happened over the years
0: before I forgot about them, you know, because I'm <laughs> getting old. Uh, yeah, amen. We're um, getting wiser, but we're losing our memory. <laughs> uh, who are you?
1: No, right. um, no, I started documenting this many, many years ago. I mean, yeah. it's... it's I mean, uh, my career wasn't prolific, and, and not many people in the wider world know of me. But there's quite a few that I've, I've circulated with over the years. So I started writing this, these bits and pieces down, and it turned into a bit of a book I've got to 200 pages. Oh, my God. The idea of... I haven't finished it yet, by the way. Um, of, wouldn't it be great to listen to the songs, as I, was, as I was sort of talking about, and the situations, and what happened with the bands, and... You know, how we met people and how we fell out and all this sort of stuff. Um, so I thought, wouldn't it be great to have this little CD with it? And that's how it spawned what was to become Cherry ever.
0: Mm. I love and
1: it. Long story short, I, I whittled all the songs I'd love to get people to listen to that were relevant to, the, to my story. Yeah. I whittled it to, to 12 songs, and it's the 12 songs that you hear on the album. Yeah. But the booklet with it that uh, or, or was which um, was just 24 pages of the condensed 200 odd pages of where I got to in the main book and that just goes every page is dedicated to the song and a bit of background yeah. a few quotes a lot of thank yous and that's it
0: Kind of like back in the day when we could get it, we buy an album and we actually got to know who was playing on the album, where it was produced, etc. It was such a treat, Trev, to get that from you and to read it. And it really just such an incredible music, uh, you know, history uh, of music from your time uh, growing up in England and stuff. And I'd, I'd like to jump in. And I believe this is the lead track, isn't it House on the Hill?
1: It's not the very first track. But House on the Hill was um, one of my very first bands, a band called Steel. Yeah, yeah. In Midlands, we recorded this, and there's a story in the booklet um, how we recorded it. We left the studio, not guilty, but the place burnt down overnight. Oh my gosh! My friend, my old old pal, Larry Homer. Mm-hmm. He. he the tape from these studios and uh, redid it 50 years later, which is the version you hear on the album. So it's it is very meaningful.
0: Yeah, well, let's cue that up if we could. Again, we're just going to play a couple minutes and then we'll come back and chat a little bit more about that song and the picture of the on the album cover, "Cherish Ever." By the band Still. That's Trev Turley on bass. Trev, talk about that song. Talk about, uh, you know, Le- Rob Lake and uh, Eve Mary Barwood on the vo- vo- vocals there, and then also the album cover artwork and, and the uh, story behind House on the Hills.
1: Right. So, say it was uh, written by um, uh, Larry Homer, mm-hmm. guitarist, and Rob Lake. Rob Lake uh, provided the lyrics. Um, sadly, Rob died in 2006. Mm-hmm. And ever since, we, we, he just disappeared off the face of the earth and um, we eventually found him. Um, and it was Rob who got the inspiration for the lyrics. Rob only did the lyrics. Larry did all you know, the music and everything else, the melody. Rob mm-hmm. uh, got the, the inspiration for the lyrics from a little plaster cast that his then-wife... Uh, made at school mm. but this plaster cast of the house on the hill that features on the inside of the uh, the digipack for the cd uh, now lodges with rob's ex wife's sister who's mm. still with me
3: mm,
1: mm, mm. Um, and i got in touch with her and she said said i've got this bit of plaster so you might be interested and it just it, everything just fell into place mm, mm, mm. and it was just great and the Great job that Larry did of the, you know, the 21st century version of House on the Hill as well. Yeah. But I think the final bit of the jigsaw was um, the artwork that you mentioned. Yeah. To the cover, which um, uh, was done by an artist called PJ Crook. She's very well known of um, doing a lot of uh, front cover albums, box sets for King Crimson.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, now, I, I'm a great King Crimson fan, and i fell yeah. really in love with her art as well.
0: Also oh, the cr- Crimson King, right? Yeah. I mean, how, how could you That's not it. have, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I'm a great lover of the music and yeah. you know, virgin on the obsessional. But cut a long story short, I, I, I bought a piece, uh, an original artwork by uh, PJ, mm-hmm. and um, went to the opening night of that and seeing this picture on the wall at the exhibition, and she came over and she said, you know, you can use that artwork, and I'll give you copyright for something if if you, if you would like to. And that, as just said, brilliant. Yeah, and that's what you see on the front of the album. So it just—it all kind of fell into place.
0: And, and it's a—it's a majestic lion with a little person on his back, loving up on yeah. this majestic lion.
1: And the—I mean—the title of her painting is called "The Enlightenment." Ah, enlightenment. Yeah, but. I picked cher- the worst cherries ever, ever, because that's a line in the song of House on the Hill that mm-hmm. Rob sang. Mm-hmm. Now Eve sings, and it just, again, it just fitted with the um, image yeah. and, then that, and then the title of the album.
0: Talk a little bit about Eve Mary Barwood, uh, such an extraordinary vocalist, and what, what she's doing maybe, or not doing, or...
1: Yeah, I mean, Eve's just a a lovely lady. She's got a great voice and and something quite unique about her voice. And um, I I bumped into her through the 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 music sort of circuit on in Norwich, Norfolk, Mm -hmm. east of England, um, by the Mojo Preachers and uh, one or two others. And um, Larry, who did the bulk of the work on House on the Hill, he, he was just he just fell in love with her voice. You know, a, a style of timber or
0: everything. Yeah. And um, easy to see why, did, yeah, or hear why rather.
1: Yeah. And he did it remotely and sent it into Larry. And, and that's what you get on the, um, the final recording.
0: I love it. Well, you've, you've uh, taken over my job teeing up brilliantly White Rabbit, which is uh, also off this great album, Cherish Ever. And this is a song uh, by the Mojo Preachers, as I understand it, and a band you joined in what, like May of 2018? Is that right? I have that right? So let's uh cue up this great Jefferson airplane tune Wahid, if we could, and then we're gonna come back and chat about it. <laughs>
4: One pill makes you larger One pill makes you small And the ones that mother gives you Don't do anything at all Go as careless When she's ten feet tall And if you go chasing rabbits And you know going to fall, tell them a hookah smoking caterpillar, has given you the call, to call Alice, when she was just small.
0: Michael in the last DJ, I'm having a great conversation with Teb Turley, a most enthusiastic, dedicated, and all-around music-loving musician. And that's a Stephen Stanley, promoter of Solid Entertainments. Ah, I love that uh, song or that rendition of White Rabbit. Talk about uh, that song, that selection by the Mojo Preachers and the uh, vocalist on that one.
1: Yeah, the vocalist, um, Sophie Lindsay Hamilton. Yeah. And uh, we, we wanted to do something like this film yeah ever since from day one, well since I joined. And uh <clears throat> excuse me. And uh we had a bash had a go at a it at one rehearsal. And um uh, we ran through it, went to record it, didn't work out, and then we did the second tape, which is what you hear on the album. And Jeez. um uh, Andy Walker, the guitarist, he's got a, his own little home studio as well. And um, he just pulled all the bits together and uh, produced it as well. Mm. And it, <laughs> it was just a spark, a moment. Yeah, yeah. Moment. Uh, and no overdubs. What what you hear is, is what you got.
0: I love it. Kind of hearkening back to, uh, you know, 50 years ago, right, Trev? I mean, when... Things weren't so slickly produced as as it were.
1: I just about remember it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, David Crosby said it famously, I believe, and I may have the decade wrong. He said, I think if you remember the seventies, you you didn't live through it, or it was the sixties, one or the other. I don't remember. <laughs> oh man. Bless him. <laughs> but
1: yeah, it was it was the time it was it was the time, the era and everything, and, and a lot of the stuff that the mojos do is that kind of psychedelic yeah. progressive rocky blues sort of stuff. Yeah, and it just did it in so well.
0: Yeah, and Sophie does such a great job. Well, so you're still with Mojo Preachers, I believe. Is that correct? Until after this interview, yes. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! No, Mojo Preachers. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm
1: only joking. Yeah, no, this is this is the band for me. Yeah, it's me the, 50- the right band. So
0: I love it. We'll talk about where uh, folks may be able to you know, find some of their music, uh, a website, direct them to, or, because Ride the Vibe, we're all about promoting people going out and actually buying some music. And I know, and you got to explain, or, or if you want to, that they can't buy Cherish ever because you did only uh, a release of 100 for just f- friends and family, but they can't, people can go buy Mojo Preacher stuff, right? Yeah.
1: They, if you go to, um, that your website is Mojo Preacher's all one word. dot com. Yeah. C o m. Yeah. Uh, that'll take you straight to the Mojo's page. Nice. She's uh, had a bit of a recently, uh, but you can come and find me or the band on Facebook. Just type in my name or um, Mojo Preachers, and there's a, there's a Facebook page. Yeah. And there's a little shop on the web page as well. Nice. But yeah, as you mentioned, sadly, you I've I made Cherish ever a, a private and a personal release. Hmm. And there, and I was only going to give it to like friend, uh, family, you know, close friends, this, that, and the other. Then I, I kind of was encouraged to, to make it available to the wider public. Yeah. So I said, well, I'll make it 100 copies, I'll make it a limited edition. And they went within less than two weeks. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> well, great musicians, great song selections, and, and the history is just incredible.
1: I don't know, but I, maybe this is the right time. I, I have got the slight seed in my mind to do maybe another run of 50. Mm, 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 mm. Both of the CD and the booklet. But,
0: yeah. Uh, we'll tell. I think it's fabulous. I would strongly encourage that because it just is such a, a you know, a journey, a musical journey of uh, an inc- uh, incredible stories in the booklet. I mean, it's just... Mm.
1: It, it, I'm, I'm, I'm like a... a So I'm not a prolific sort of person in the business, but um, I'm quite amazed at the the variety of people that have bought this. Yeah. And and just to the UK, it's, it's, you know, people like yourself, it's it's been sold to copies in New Zealand, Australia, America, a handful of copies there.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I think one went to Abu Dhabi, but that came back. You're too modest because it's, it, you know, again, it harkens back and the format of Ride the Vibe was, you know, kind of based on my experience, you know, primarily uh, or a lot in college, you know, where we would just queue up albums and, you know, let them fall yeah. down, right. And play. And then you'd be reading yeah. the album, you know, you'd open it up and you could pull out the line I and mean, you knew stuff. Now, you know, you, you get the yeah. song on whatever uh, streaming, you don't know anything about anything about the music. Well, the-
1: this is why I wanted to do this little booklet. Yeah. I, I can't write that small. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... it's it, 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 as I say, it's spawned from the main sort of bulk of what yeah. I was trying to write, and I've, I've edited it drastically.
0: Yeah. But it's, it's a few little stories and... Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. And and everything. Well, speaking of stories, this uh, next song, uh, The Thrill Is Gone by the late, great B.B. King uh, is going to cue up a a story that I hope you're going to share with the audience about uh, your experience in one of his clubs, but we're going to play the song first and then come back to that story. So this is The Thrill Is Gone. This is Cherish Ever. And if you guys are digging this, uh, convince Trev to release more than just 50 more copies of this great album. We'll be right back. DJ playing what he wants to play, and in this case, playing some killer versions of some classic songs. That's The Thrill Is Gone by the uh, Trev Trillian Friends group, and because I have this brilliant booklet that Trev sent me, I know that that's Lauren Dove on vocals, and when she goes, now, here comes the sax, I know that's Peter Marshall coming in on sax. I just love it. Talk a little bit more about your mates, your friends that uh, perform that, and Lauren Dove, if you would. And then also, I'd love to to hear that story about your experience at B.B. King's Club in New York, too, Trev.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Lauren dove uh, got a great voice as well, again, in the circle of vive and, and all that. Yeah. And she often goes with um, Mark Howe's with features. There's um, uh, the Lauren Dove and Mark Howes duo band, whatever. Um you mentioned Here Comes the Sax." that was Eve oh that, that was she... uh, oh the story behind it was that Eve did the vocal the guide vocals yeah she didn't sing bits and she says oh here comes the sax and a bit later she says guitar oh. <laughs> so put those bits and added it in yeah uh Aaron really did the whole vocals and the uh, the harmonies um uh and it's 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 Phil Marshall not Pete okay <laughs> His uncle would be mighty uh, unhappy, because because his his uncle was Jim, as in Jim Marshall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The the amps that are flying around this world with that name on. Uh, uh But yeah, I mean Phil's a great sax player.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, You did mention the story. Yeah. Um, We, my wife and I, were in New York uh, in 2009. And, um, I mean, we just love going to America. We always seem to end up in New York before we come home. So we went to one of BB King's nightclubs yeah. in, in New York, Well, it's own, well it's closed now, isn't it? I believe <clears throat> But uh, yeah, we went there, um, get some food and just generally, you know, chill out, have a few beers. Yeah. And, um, I, I uh, had a few, two beers too many, and I had to go and <laughs> myself. Um, my wife
0: went up to the bar. So, you had to um, go to the Louvre? Is that how you guys say it in England?
1: Yeah, yeah, all right. I didn't
0: want to say that word in case it infringed something. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. No, well, you're the on the ride the vibe, Trev. You can say, because I'm the last DJ. We yeah. say what we want to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably me going to the tour, i close the place for sure. There <laughs> And she got to. she she went to the bar and ordered some drinks. Yeah. And there was a guy there that heard a, a, an English voice and came home and said, Oh, I'm English as well. And they got chatting, da, da, da. And he says, uh, You know, I'm the, I'm the drummer in the, in the house band. She says, Oh, my husband plays bass. Yeah. I'm fuzzy now? Right, okay. So, anyway, they go back to play and I go, come back and you know, sitting back at our tables. Next minute, I find I'm dragged up at BB Kings in New York to, to jam along with a band and this the drummer and all the other people there.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, my wife, prior to that, she, I, I, I don't think she actually told me, but uh, she might have done that. But um, she asked who the drummers played with, you know, is any, anybody? And he said, Oh, you might have heard of a band called Wings. <laughs> so, oh, and it was Steve Holly.
2: Yeah. Because
1: Steve Holly. In the last, I believe, the last inc- um, incarnation of Wings. Oh my God. Steve you now plays in um, the Rant band, mm-hmm. not the Hooples. Yeah. Uh, with Ian Hunter.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But
1: yeah, and that, that was my little
0: foray into playing a BP Kings that's no longer there. So. I love it. Would you have been intimidated if you knew who the drummer was, <laughs> or more? Or the- uh, again, I can't recall.
1: I can't recall whether she told me before, yeah, yeah. or after. <laughs> but it all because I'd had a couple of beers by then, and you know, as you yeah. kind of yeah, you had, the, you had your beer
0: of courage gone.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, it was just uh, what is this in? The, yeah. the guys, going, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What
0: is that? Well, I think I, I asked but you in you know, the run up to the show, and I, I you know I told you no gotcha questions, but I I I asked you then. I wondered if you had remembered do you uh, what songs you guys played. Do you remember that, or was it just such a blur? Not a thing. Yeah, just complete.
1: I know he gave me a solo, and it's like don't give me a solo. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, you, you just go with the flow. You go yeah. with the moment. Yeah, and I got back to the hotel that night, and I I'm wide awake. Yeah. tell some. What i
0: am just done? Yeah, just buzzing. Right, right, right. How cool is that? Everybody in the UK is
1: asleep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so they, How they, dare they they couldn't. Yeah, they could. <laughs> they couldn't appreciate your your uh, brilliance there. Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to take just a short break to support a sponsor that is the reason for Ride the Vibe. That would be DRS ATL Atlanta. There is no. Uh, there would be no Ride the Vibe without uh, Wahid's generosity and hospitality extraordinaire. So. If you're inclined, you guys, uh, show them some love and open up your pocketbooks and spend some money at DRSATL. It's uh, hard to believe it's the third year now we've been doing Ride the Vibe, uh, celebrate our third year anniversary. So we're going to be right back. And then thanks to um, the sponsorship of DRSATL, we will roll the rest of the show commercial free. So we're going to be right back on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, having a great conversation
4: provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services, such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com Again, that's drsatl.com or call them at 404-590-0779 again that's 404-590-0779 drs when the right sound
0: matters you're back on ride the vibe with trib truly a true blues trooper a pillar of the community supporting and providing the solid foundation for the future and keeping the blues alive. That's a quote from Dave Thomas, musician of the Dave Thomas band uh, and really unbelievable. This project you put together uh, talks about supporting the community and providing a solid foundation for the future. Cause it gives such a rich history, Trev. it's just uh, totally, totally cool. So talk about um how, you know, you mentioned right at the top of the show, picking up the bass 50 years ago. What, what prompted that? What, why the bass? Why music? What, what, what were some of your driving forces there?
1: I don't really can sort of put some it down to one particular time or yeah. moment.
0: Yeah,
1: I'd shortly come back uh, from Germany because um, I did drama at school. And we took this play... Um, To all German schools for three weeks, so we toured around Germany in this old beat up old bus, you know, with all the in the back. Yeah, (laughs) and whether that prompted me to, oh, I quite like this. Yeah, (laughs) this ring aspect. Um, But I do recall that a couple of my mates, as as, you know, as you do the garage bands and all this sort of stuff, uh, they played guitar. Yeah, Um, um, I was sort of hacked around on that wildly. And, um, of course, nobody wanted to play bass. <laughs> so I said, all right, I'll give it a go. Yeah. And I took two strings off this mate's guitar. So it's now four strings. Yeah. D-tune. Uh, but, so that's where it all started. And then I got my first bass. uh uh, uh. And uh, started to take it a bit more seriously. But it was uh, around... 69, 70, where he, he kind of got a little bit more serious.
0: Yeah. Who, who did you, you know, who did you look up to as a bass player? Who were some of your, your go-to guys oh, or gals, even?
1: Well, I, I love progressive rock, and I did from, from you yeah, that day. I mean, King Crimson. I mean, right, right. Crimson King, captured everybody's imagination.
0: Yeah, classic. If you all haven't uh, uh, heard that album, please go out and uh, check that out. It is classic. A class. I've got a few. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: Um, yeah, but I mean, it's because of that sort of music. I I, I looked up to people like um, uh, Chris Squire out of Yes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, John Wetton, who played with King Crimson, King Crimson, um, sure. and um, they were just fabulous technical exponents of of this
2: instrument. Yeah.
1: There's lots of people that you, you pick things from as you as you go over the years. Like I've, I've, I think I mentioned in the book about Nathan East. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's
0: it's just got this marvelous touch. Yeah. But um, he he hangs around with some pretty cool cats too. He? <laughs> One yeah. of them being uh, someone that you have a love and passion for, as I do. That would be Mr. Eric Clapton, the legendary. Yeah. And uh, I'd love to cue up if we could why he this. This is one of my uh, favorite songs of his, Bell Bottom Blues. But this rendition that you all do, and this is the Trev Turley uh, and Friends band, and uh, listen to again Eve Mary Barwood on vocals, along with uh, Lauren Dove on harmonies, I believe. But let's cue this up, and uh, you can correct me, Trev, if I've screwed this up, even with the liner (laughs) notes that I'm looking at. (laughs) So let's hear a little Bell Bottom Blues. That's uh, Eve Mary Barwood on vocals. And that is the resilient, honest, trustworthy, driven, adding reality and a solid business acumen to any band as a member adds a great bottom end musically. <laughs> uh, that's that's a quote from Richard Townsend, musician of the uh, Mighty Boss Cats and uh, Solo, talking about my guest, Trev Turley. Trev, talk about... Um, you know, getting your friends together and putting some of that classic music, uh music out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had this lineup called Trev Turley and Friends because we couldn't think of a proper name of a band. <laughs> and and it was it was at a point where we were all scratching around for things to do and yeah. so I was like, oh, get your own band together and well, I did for for oh, we did four gigs, I believe, over a year, a couple of years. Yeah musicians I've played with in, in the past, and um, Bell Bottom Blues was, I mean, bless her. It was Eve's arrangement, mm-hmm. and it's, it's the original um, Eric Clapton, Bobby Whitlock song. Yeah. And it's just got just a lovely touch, and I had to have it in there. It was just, it's, it's such a lovely different rendition.
0: That would be Bobby Whitlock of Derek and the Dominos. For the, those of you out there that yeah. are not familiar with that, so Trev, talk about uh, is I, I'm thinking back and I'm racking my memory, which <laughs> is also compromised. Um, but is it, it's a bit unusual, isn't it, t- for a bass player to start a band, or is am I off on that? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I was I was taking a stretch, but given that I'm the last DJ, I can screw up and you know, etc. But yeah, usually yeah, it's no. a it's a lead singer, a lead guitarist, right? That kind of is the driving force. So, well, it,
1: it's probably because you know, I've, over a period of years, I've got to know so many people, and, yeah, yeah. and I'm the gator, you know, pull a few strings, get them together, yeah. um, sort of thing. And it was the Trev Tully and Friends lineup, was just purely in a, in a period where <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And we just wanted to get out and play some lovely music. Mm-hmm. And this was it. Um, and there is a, the very first, I'm going back from memory now, the first gig we ever did um, was at a local club now, mm-hmm. the New Crawl cool Daddy. And it's closed now, it's finished. Yeah. But it was recorded and. It was um one take straight off the mixing disc. No mixing, no mm, nothing. Mm, mm, mm. And I, I think I had, again, um, a couple of hundred CDs available, which, uh, yeah. again, has disappeared.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Well, you're, being, you're, you're very modest, and it's easy to see why you get quotes like... Uh, you know, a true blues trooper, a pillar of the community, supporting and providing solid foundation for future and keeping the blues alive, which, so it doesn't, not surprising then that that folks would gravitate towards uh, playing with you. Talk, you know, we're talking a little bit about, you know, we we mentioned Eric Clapton, you know, his surrounding himself with people like Bobby Woodlock and Nathan East, et cetera. Um, What what is it about England? You know, you you guys import, or, or it was, imported into uh, England all the blues from these great blues musicians from the south right i mean you know the bb kings the yes. muddy waters etc and then that spawned just an incredible amount of you know uh English guitarists like Clapton, like Jimmy Page, like John Mayle, Peter Green, um, you know, yeah. Jeff Beck. What 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 was it about that time and about the environment <sighs> that that prompted so many of these cats to just, you know, raise to extraordinary level as guitarists?
1: It's really hard to put your finger on it, isn't it? Because they were slightly around before I was.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: But, they, they took what was, this is where I'll get shot in the foot, <laughs> and then they took what was our blues, yeah. made it UK blues, yeah. and you know, all the guys being brought over from, from the States to play that, yeah you know, the jazz clubs, the blues yeah. clubs. Yeah. And then later on, America took our blues and made it into something else. Um, it just keeps bouncing backwards and forwards yeah.
0: um, over the pond. It really is amazing the the way it, it does, as you said, bounce back and forth and change. But it's it speaks to you know music being the universal universal language is kind of a cliche, but it's certainly uh, true.
1: The guy I must mention is is um, still in his twenties. He's a local lad, um, Connor Selby. Okay, uh, he's got the essence of Peter Green in his fingers. Ah. Uh and he's on this album, I had to, you know, I, I was there the first time he played with uh, myself and a guy called Yeah. who Joe and I formed a band for a brief six months or so. But connors he's now going back to the Peter Green era. Mm-hmm. era. Mm-hmm. When I've gone, he'll be able to take that on to other people. Yeah. And other, you know, the other groups and other genres and that, so it's just nice to know that it will carry on.
0: Yeah. And that's, uh, for those that uh, are looking to research a little bit more, that's Peter Green of uh, Fleetwood Mac, but prior to the Mac part of
1: it. But A lot of people prefer that era. Yeah, right, right. Original Peter Green
0: era. Yeah. Um, But I love both eras. Right.
1: The Stevie Nicks.
0: Yeah, I think it's they're they're different. You know, it's just a different thing. Lindsey Buckingham versus Peter Green. I mean, it's not an an either or. It's the and. Embrace the genius. So, if you guys are fans of Fleetwood Mac and current day, go back and check out some of the earlier work with Mick Fleetwood and Peter Green. Just great, great stuff. Well, um, given that it was 420 yesterday, the marijuana holiday, I think it's only appropriate to uh, cue up this song because there might have been some folks out there that couldn't find their way home. This is the uh, great Can't Find My Way Home. Uh, and we'll talk about Steve Winwood and Nathan East and Clapton, et cetera. But let's cue that up. House on 420. <laughs> I couldn't find my way home. Oh, I love, love that rendition. And that's, I believe, Lauren Dove on vocals. And talk about that uh, your connection to Steve Winwood in proximity to your house, and then also uh, your close friend, uh, Mike Lightfoot, if you would.
1: Oh, bless him. Bless Mike. Hey. Um, all right. First of all, Steve Winwood. Yeah. Um, great player, mm. Great. great musician. He, he went to school um, just behind where I used to live in uh, in the Midlands, mm. um,
0: and uh, we didn't we didn't know he was famous then. <laughs> <laughs> you did you did know? <laughs> no, we didn't. Oh, did not. Uh, he, he he was he was like within touching distance. He was at school. That's crazy, and uh, we never knew. When, it, you know, was the story Clapton tells about when he, you know, he was so young when he kind of hit the, the big time or not big time, but, you know, hit uh, the uh, yard birds and, and uh, et cetera. He said they, they knew of this kid, this young kid uh, up in, I guess, north of. England, i don't know my geography too well there, but in
1: the middle, in Midlands, in the middle of England.
0: Yeah, this kid that was like fourteen or fifteen that could do uh, "Georgia on My Mind," you know Ray Charles' classic, and so he had a reputation at a very, very young age. Kind of crazy. Yeah, and talk about Mike, Mike.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Mike was, um, bless his cotton socks. He he, he died in 2018, and. Um, we played this local club of mine. Again, it's it's closed now. And um, again, the set was recorded. It wasn't the first set, second set. And we did find my way home. And Mike was uh, on the introduction of the um, of the night, mm. and also the last by. And a poor old soul. He he had a heart attack, sudden heart attack. He was fifty six. and mm. uh, Myself and the club owner Paul Dean, we decided to re- release "Can't Find My Way Home" from that night, and his voice is on the recording. Mike mm. voice at the beginning, and I've spliced in the last few words he said, and it's probably the it's very poignant. Mm,
3: um, mm, the mm.
1: last you know, recorded words of Mike, and Mike was huge, huge music fan through all the way through Essex and the surrounding areas. Yeah. Uh, Very well known, had his own radio program, and uh, we just thought it was um, a
0: fitting tribute. Well, I hope uh, through the course of this uh, conversation, you're getting more convinced that you need to release more copies because there's just such great history here. And uh, would like to highly recommend you all, if you have not um, gone out and purchased it, Get the Steve Winwood Eric Clapton live at Madison Square Gardens. It is absolutely uh, a stellar, stellar, great video, great sound. And um, I believe, I I think Nathan East is the bass player, although it may be.
1: uh, Yes, yes. he (laughs) is.
0: Unbelievable. (laughs) Say that again, Trev. Sorry.
1: Uh, it
0: gets everywhere does nice and yeah I, mean, I get you know so I I can remember sometimes whether it's Nathan East or uh, Willie Weeks but either one are like unbelievable and then I believe uh, Steve Gadd is Gadd is playing drums on that concert but Clapton does a 17 minute rendition of Voodoo Chili, which is worth the price of admission in and of itself but Can't Find My Way Home is also covered on that it was said that uh you know Steve Winwood and Clapton said, "Well, you know, to each other. Well, you, you know, you, Eric, pick uh, songs from my catalog, and 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 Clapton okay, Steve, you pick from my catalog.' And Winwood went. I looked at his clacking catalog, and it was so much bigger than mine. I was going, holy smoke!' <laughs> <laughs> and both of them are, you know, obviously pretty prolific. Well, that's cool. Well, let's. Uh, the time is just flying by, but I want to uh, shift gears okay. uh, and uh, t- uh, move to a cover of a song by um, by Neil Young. Down by the river, and this you uh, performed with the Joe Anderton Band, I believe. Is that right? Anderton Band, yeah. Anderton Band. So let's cue that up, and then we'll come back and talk about that song and uh, that rendition, et cetera. And I believe that is the aforementioned Connor Shelby doing some work on that song. Is that correct, Trev? Yeah, that's
1: the, the last guitar song you hear was, was Connor.
0: Yeah, very, very tasty. And he's doing, he do some backing vocals on that as well on that song.
1: Now, <laughs> so Joe sang the main vocals. Yeah. And it was he who did the La La La's bit as well. Okay, yeah. So um, he's, he's, this was a song that we did in Joe Anderson Band, and that's why I picked it to represent this period in this band. Yeah. Uh, Joe was a great fan of the the La La La's bit, so he um, he three part harmoned did and overdubbed it.
0: I love it. And this band came together. You, you guys had done a BB King event that was held closely after uh, BB's passing. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a day long uh, event running in uh, recognition of BB King, and it just musicians came in and out. And I was in the house band with um, a guy called Glenn Bow, the drummer. Yeah. Uh, um, Joe, as I said, I think I mentioned before, Joe and Connor came along and played together. And it was the first time those two had played together. And mm. uh, they were only, I think Connor was 19, and Jeez. Joe was about 20 or so, or 20. I don't think he was, no, he was about 20. Mm. Um, I, I just saw something in both of these guys that um, took a spark and uh, again, I, I got to a dead period in, in you know, uh, you can't call it a career, but uh, I, I went to, um, I actually went, <laughs> went to Joe's dad, gave him a business card.
2: Yeah. And said, if you get
1: stuck, get your have to come and get in touch with me and, and he did and um,
2: uh-huh.
1: we did for about six or eight months with the Joe the band. Yeah. And this song, Synonymous with that band because it on the album Cherish Ever, it's 12 minutes, but yeah, we played it all night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just got the space, and yeah, you'd have let what you heard on on your show run now. Yeah, you'd have had finished Connor's solo, yeah, another first, and then Joe did a big solo as well,
0: yeah,
1: and it's it's totally different
0: yet again. Yeah. Well, we you know we we do the format of only 2 minutes because we're trying to encourage the listeners to go out and buy the music from the artist's website, not, you know, off the, the streaming services because you guys make nothing off of that, but I I understand that you make a little bit if they'll go buy some stuff from from the um you know your websites in this case it was a little different again because you know you've only done a a limited release on this Cherish ever project which is just stellar Mm -hmm. but would really like to encourage you as the last dj to produce more because i think uh, there would be a market for it because it's just so rich in history i know it would be very expensive to produce a 24 page liner note (laughs) Oh, boy. That'd be like... You'd have to supply a magnifying glass. Yeah, right. (laughs) That'd be like, you'd have to go back to the Ian Anderson days with Thick as a Brick, you know, when the whole thing was... Oh, God, that was a marvelous album. I know, just unbelievable. (laughs) And you got so much rich information.
1: Yeah, if you promise you buy the 50 copies, then I'll
0: do (laughs) it. Yeah, because we're making a lot here at Ride the Vibe. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. You, you can become uh, the U.S. distributor for Right. <laughs> you heard it here right. first, you all. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, you can't get yourself a copy of uh, Cherish Ever right now, but go to mojo, M-O-J-O, preachers, all one word, Dot com and you can check out the band that Trev is currently working with. And as he said, a band that uh, he just was meant to come to, or meant to come to him. And uh, what do you have lined up, Trev? Is it starting to? Are you starting to gig a little bit more there in in the UK, or is it? Well,
1: <clears throat> with lockdown, it's slowly opening up. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we've had a lot of gigs cancelled, postponed, right. moved one got moved to a date that we couldn't make it, which was unfortunate. It was a good gig. Mm. But um, I, I think towards the end of the year, once people can see that we can get out again, yeah, I'm very much thinking maybe next year is going to be sort of opening it up. But we've, we've got stuff, you know, writing material. Yeah. Um, we're thinking of putting a 30-minute little uh, video YouTube show together. Yeah. You know, there's, we've often talked about doing a, a follow-up to Man-Made Monster. Yeah. And there's, there's material that's been written, that's been recorded, that's been demoed. So it's there's plenty. Of, and we've all got home studios. Yeah. So there's a lot of interaction, right. albeit.
0: So necessity, the mother of invention, you're just going along, making the best of it as as musicians yeah. do. Well, it's just been fascinating. The time has just flown by. Killer uh, music and great renditions and such rich, rich history. We could go on for another hour talking about this stuff, and maybe you'll come back on Ride the Vibe if you're so inclined when uh, things get rolling again. Yeah,
1: well, give us another 50
0: years. <laughs> well, I know I won't be along, around that long unless there's some miracle drug comes <laughs> no, along. Neither will I. <laughs> Amen. No, it's it's been a blast, Michael. It
1: Uh-oh. really has. And it's- To talk to somebody
0: because you know, in this
1: lockdown, that um, you know, staring at the four walls
0: every day, um, (laughs) you get a little stir crazy. None of us can find our way home, we're in our homes, but we can't find our way (laughs) home. Yeah, it's gonna well, it's just been a delight. A seismic bass and smart song craft plus a knack for the right place right time that rivals Ronnie Wood what a high praise there in a run of great British blues bands driving them onward and upward he's the thumbprint firmly onto the scene and been a pleasure that's Henry Yates' quote I had to end with that Trev god bless, bless and uh you. keep on rocking
5: uh, you. You. better get her down. Well, oh, maybe you'll feel a little empathy. Play this on his FM show. Better late than never is my thanks to whoever plays my song on the radio. Better late than never is my thanks to whoever plays my song.